Hey y'all, welcome to episode six of the Lalo podcast. I have to make this intro because this episode put me through it. During recording, we had audio issues. Post recording, I lost all the audio files, but it's okay. We made it work and I'm so glad that I had the guests that I had today. And I'm talking about Holland Roden. Holland is an actress. She's also who I would describe as an experienced enthusiast. So intelligent, so kind. And we talk about everything from life in her 30s, how she became an actress, living in Dallas, and what she sees for her future. You're going to learn a lot and it's going to be a good episode. So let's get into it. I'm on this podcast or my dog Fightful who's growling below. Not growling. I really want her to come up here. Talking. Fightful. Fightful. How are you doing? I'm a 13 year old curmudgeon of a dog that's about half alive yeah half her sight half her ear yeah. i really respect my people because she knows there was a time where i tried to pet her she was like i don't know what oh she's let me pet her. really she's yeah <laughs> and that's why i'm envious of your dog yeah, yeah, yeah. an actual dog no if you say everybody's like oh my god next is so cute and then they spend two days with him and they're like get him away from oh well, he's yeah. very cute though he's like sticks to you yeah always wants to be in your lap that's yeah. the antithesis of bifle bifle is I, every time I go to pet her, she runs from me. I'm yeah. Like, okay. She's we, just a girl. We just coexist. I'm not the alert. That's about it. As long as you're fed and you have a place to lay your head, what can you complain about? She used to be homeless a very, very, very long time ago. Yeah. I don't think she remembers her shelter days very clearly. She was a shelter dog. <laughs> she was pound dog. Really? When did you euthanization and everything? How old was she? A year and a half. So yeah. She's a, like, she's a Southern Belle. And, yeah. Uh, she was born in Atlanta. Nice. And just scoured the streets where it's supposed to be yeah 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 we're talking absolutely about 18 months yeah uh, she was uh kicking around and then pound picked her up and then that's when i yeah. got her love that yeah yeah i was looking for i put dorkies i put dots and dorkies in yeah people. so you like the small dogs i like i like all dogs but for my lifestyle okay. i knew that small and hypoallergenic was going to be my best bet yeah. for for what i do for a living and how much i have to travel with her so um I knew there was more of a chance she'd get the door yeah. without too many eyebrows being raised if she was like under the radar. And look at her one to be allergic to her. Um, so yeah, I, I press send. Google pops up this cute little picture. So that's a model dog. Yeah. I click on it and she had had hardworms. Uh, she was up for adoption like that week. So that she was getting her shots. Yeah. And when I showed up, just the picture had this cute little Einstein furry head. But what, they didn't, what you don't know is when you showed up the reason they had such a close-up is the rest of her body is basically like a Siamese cat. Honestly, she looks like a wiener dog. She is. With hair. Yeah, she's yeah. wiener meets tick poodle. She's like 11 different kinds of dog when I, when I DNA'd her. Yeah. The rest of her body was fully shaped. She's so matted. Oh, my God. So, they had, so she was like this weird lion. Yeah. Like kind of alpaca sweater with patches of hair. It looked very funny. Like half lion, half chicken. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Half, half bald chicken. So she was a... Uh, Quite the quirky little girl for, for several months. She's perfect. She's feisty. Yeah. Can I tell you a story? Yeah. Really quick. Okay. So Holland doesn't know this, but when I met her, she really changed my life in a way that you don't even know. Because I was in a pretty weird place and my mom called me. I was like about to end my lease and I was trying to figure out like what I wanted to do. And she was like, it would be great if you could find a place that is like perfect for you and like a guest house and you can just chill. And I was like, I don't know, like I've only seen Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and like all this <laughs> stuff. 
And you're not familiar with Los Angeles at that point. No, I had no idea. I was just used to like apartments. Like when I was in Dallas, it was just get an apartment and you're good to go for a year or so. Right. And when I met you, beautiful apartments in Dallas. I will say that's the one thing I miss. It's just like the amount that you can get for what you have and uh, LA it's, it's a different situation yeah, yeah yeah it makes you become like um a minimalist honestly and I've enjoyed becoming a minimalist but it's been it's been super like it's a process yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah sure. the, the, the pantries the closets yeah the sides of the bedrooms yeah. are very different from Los Angeles to Dallas yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. but when I met you and one you said you were from Dallas I was like perfect to you were like just super kind and i don't know if you have people that really look up to you and admire you but i have to say you're like one of the kindest people that i've met and i'm just super appreciative to be in the position that i am in correlation with you and just you giving me a chance and not absolutely judging me too much when you grew up in dallas you grew up at an all girl school until mm-hmm. you're 16 years old mm-hmm. and you experienced a lot of different things feeling like you might not be smart enough you might not you know interact with the people that were around you super well but that's surprising to me because when you moved to LA you studied molecular biology I did yeah what does that even mean well I was pre-med basically okay. for for three years in college but I yeah I went to that all girl school and when you go to I just always thought I was kind of dumb because I was that BC student. Yeah. But when I switched to a different school, I, I, although socially at that, that all girls school, there's still some of my best friends. And I'm so grateful for that because that, I, I once, be, once I became an adult, I realized how not normal that is to have all these good girlfriends that you know since you were five years old. But uh, when I went to this, very big intimidating school that you like learned how to cheat on tests. And I was, I didn't realize how sheltered I was. Really? And I also didn't realize of what a gift I had been a part of, mm. of having single sex education is so important. That's the thing that they, they teach there. They, yeah. Well, like only, only girls wow. or then yeah, there was like a sisters to a brother school. That's all boys. Yeah. Basically really um, found myself regretting the I think the Ooh. attitude I gave my parents mm. for not realizing that like, I had an amazing opportunity an amazing education um and so I took that and I always had been interested in science and once I got to that public school I my grades like sure. all of a sudden shot up and became a lot better yeah um and so I was able to use some of that kind of tough mm. curriculum so they Ooh. just kind of beat it into you at yeah, yeah. school yeah. Um, and I was used to adding way more homework than I was having at this new school. So um, I was able to take that opportunity to at least get my GPA yeah. to rate, you know, to, to uh, increase quite a bit in order to get into UCLA. Um, and so I was able to go to college out here. Back in the day, if you took a gap year, this is not the case anymore. Yeah. You could get in state, which made a very big difference financially. Oh. And so it was uh, really cheap for me to go to UCLA. Yeah. And because uh, I did take the gap year, yeah, okay. I took the gap okay. year, and I worked here and just lived normal life. But well, I didn't know that you took a gap year. So you yeah. worked, you did different things. Was it? I worked in a bridal shop. A bridal shop. Yes, I worked in a bridal shop, and I worked at. I think about. I served quite a bit in high school, and so yeah, I worked 
you get Outback Steakhouse what? in a valley in Northridge. And then I also worked at uh, the bridal shop in Beverly Hills. I so, didn't know they had an Outback Steakhouse here. In North- oh, yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> so you worked, you did all those things. So what made you say, okay, I'm going to go go ahead and go to college and not just kind of figure out what I'm doing here instead of, you know. Continuing. Right. I think, I think Gen Z's changed a lot in their path. Yeah. Um, gap years were still kind of frowned upon mm. when I was growing up. And so I love that now people are taking, I mean, between YouTube university is what I call it. That's what I took. Yeah. YouTube university. <laughs> yeah, yeah. YouTube university and just, the access that social media has allowed people, yeah. podcasting, um, the business model has just completely changed. So and there's a really good book that's, oh gosh, what's it called? Nike Shoe or Shoe Night. It's okay. Bill Knight, the, the, the owner of Nike, okay. of Nike. He wrote a book about his journey and they've saying that it took like the average lifespan of a career was like 30 years in the 1950s and then down and down to like 20 years in the 1980s. Really? And then in the 1990s, it was 15 years. And if you're looking at the odds now, the turnover rate of how many careers, I think it's average of like seven careers that people really? have in their lives now. Whereas yeah. before you entered the workforce and then retired with your 401k at the same company. So the, our idea of, of the ebb and flow and how like, Companies can exit now. Yeah, startups can exit. It's it's just a different ball game. Um, and so, I uh, I did take a gap here. If I could redo it now, I mean, you look at these like sixteen year olds with full fledged businesses. It's wild. Where colleges, yes, depending on your industry, so I would say at least slowly, even at a molasses pace, becoming a bit antiquated. Mm. When, as Goodwill Hunting says, like. The knowledge is out there. You yeah. just have to find you it. You have to find it. You have to be ready to go grab it. It's not curated for you in a yeah. format that costs a ton of money. But um, at the same time, you look at student debt and, you know, college is amazing mm-hmm. depending on your industry. But at the same time, so much is dependent on internships. Yeah. Really what you're doing during your summers and when you're not in class, mm. um, depending on the industry. So my industry entertainment... Um, is what I ended up pivoting to. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. College is not a requirement, yeah. but, but what I was going to go into is, was, was pretty bad was, yeah, you got, you got to go to school. <laughs> I mean, you can't. Let's yeah. go from doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I did research, I had to Google what molecular biology was, why you decided to go on women's studies, which is yeah. kind of correlates back to being from an all girls school, but it kind of does. Yeah. I can kind of speak to like taking the gap year and then being a, I'm like millennial Gen Z, right? right. It was, a, I mean, at the time I was going to go to school out here and it was just so expensive. And there were just like a lot of factors that I had to figure out. I was like, I'll just take a little bit every year and see what it's giving. And then I was like, I don't need to go to school. But I also understand that there is structure and discipline that's built in when you go to school. So once you transition from Going to school after your gap year, mm-hmm. was there ever a part of you that looked at life and said, I'm meant to be in the entertainment industry? I loved storytelling growing up. Mm-hmm. And I remember when a movie would end and the lights would come up. I to this day, there's very like there's very few circumstances where I get that to 
fast. Really? That quickly. And I just, I couldn't handle the emotional state mm-hmm. of when a movie would end. I knew it was going to hit me hard. And I, the, the story would continue for several days in my yeah. head. And whenever I was in history class, it was anecdotal when they would sit down and come throw in the textbooks and say, it sort of in layman terms of explain the story like a fireside mm-hmm. chat. Like gather around children to the story grandfather yeah. style. That was what I just I could stay in history forever in that case. Really, um, I also was very left brained and I love science and I had a knack for memorization, not application. It turns <laughs> out chemistry, physics, not so much. Yeah, uh, biology, physiology, great. And history. So- it was, it lie. was, <laughs> my best friend ended up getting a, her PhD in a certain kind of chemistry. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember us sitting in seventh grade chemistry class and she had such a knack for it. And we really did not. She and, should have been a tutor. Uh, she kind of tried. Yeah. But poor thick brain. Um, thick skull. Uh, but yeah, so it was, I, I kind of dabbled in both. I loved science, but then I also just loved storytelling. Yeah. And that really carried with me into college and I thought, okay, science is a bit more predictable uh, to find a job. Yeah. And then sophomore year, I thought, okay, I, in high school had dabbled in, uh, when I went, went switched to that public school, I had dabbled in acting class outside of school. And we went to that small girls school, you kind of your identity set for you so early. Yeah. So I remember playing soccer and I was a dancer, but I really yeah. wanted to be more in the arts. And I think I was just embarrassed. Really? Because I think when your identity is so, oh, that's what you are. Yeah. You didn't, I didn't have the courage to step out and say, oh, I, I'm changing. I'm evolving. Yeah. I kind of thought once you're pigeonholed in that, that little hole, that's where you stay. Mm-hmm. As a kid. And so it was, yeah, I learned some interesting lessons yeah. that I, uh, were bad habits. And then I learned, you know, some amazing lessons in that. It apply to your life. Now. Yeah. I yeah. Think- I feel like Dallas kind of doesn't foster the ability to be creative. It's not the most, at least where I grew up. Yeah. I mean, I think different parts of Dallas are evolving, like Bishop Arts, Steve mm-hmm. Mellum. I know, yeah. I don't even know about Frisco, but Frisco is like <laughs> That's the fast, okay, yeah. like the fastest growing neighborhood in the nation. Yeah, yeah. It's and crazy. it's blown up. It's so big. Years. And I feel like I, I so I, Frisco McKinney. Oh, I went to okay. McKinney yeah. and I was homeschooled my sophomore year and then my senior year I was homeschooled as well. But I ended up going to a magnet school in South Dallas. Which one is it? Townview Magnet Center. Okay. And I, I don't went for tea. I write it. I, I auditioned there. Book for tea. Book for tea is hard to get in. It's hard to get in. But it was a cool school. It was cool. And the audition process was like. Intense. intense. It was intense. It yeah. was still intense. Yeah. Booker T, if you guys are in Dallas and you are young listening to this podcast, yeah. Interest in the Arts, start just floating around Booker T. Exactly. Make friends over there with the, with the faculty. See what they have going on. Yeah. Go to like different events because they're really active. But I think I so went like two weeks before auditions and I was like, oh, I got this. And then I was like, what the? Yeah. yeah it's a lot. Booker T's no joke. But do you feel like in your life, there was a moment you talked a little bit about like wanting to get into the arts, but yeah. feeling a little bit embarrassed. Was it fostered in your home? Or no, was it, no, no, mm. it was not. I grew up in a very um, black and white, like dad's a doctor. And unless there's a bone protruding through your body, you're fine. Walk it off. Really? Yes. It was like, 
hey, no man. Um, so I mean, I love my dad, mm-hmm. but he's he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. Everyone thought he was yeah. in the military. He was not in the military, <laughs> but he kind of leads with that that feeling. That my foot. dad's in the military. So then your dad's in the military. So you, yeah, yeah. And it was like, but she did he seem like he was in the military with his kids? Um, or was he kind of with his kids. Softer girl. So then I think, he was soft. yeah, he was soft, but he was also like make your bed. Like we had very sure. strict. Super strict rules, and even to this day, like he's on time. He's like 15 minutes early, oh, wow. or he's like, you know, just make sure your life is. In- he's calling me every day, like, do you have this in order? Like, what's oh. going on? Like three months from now, it's very helpful. But- he loves you, that's why. He loves you. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I just feel like moving from a place like Dallas, and I talked about this in the first episode, and coming to LA. You've been here for a while. Like, oh gosh, this- I've been here for like 18, 18 years. 18 years? Yeah. Over a decade. 19 years. That's crazy. How do you feel like you've changed or do you feel like the industry has changed you or do you feel like you are in a place where you kind of feel like you're getting back to yourself? Like what has changed mm-hmm. over the decade, especially as someone that's only been here for almost two years? I have my own experiences, but I'm curious about people who have been able to stay here for so long and kind of keep their, their sanity. <laughs> I don't know if I have my sanity about yeah. me, but uh, LA is, it is a tough place. It's 20 million people that live in the city. There, there's so many boroughs of Los Angeles that it's almost like five different cities in itself, depending on where you live, because the sprawl, it takes so long to get across town in traffic. It's only like five miles away, but it takes like, you know, 30, 55 minutes yeah, to get yeah. one place. It's like yeah. an hour, no problem. So, um, so yeah, when I first moved to LA, it did take me several years to get my head around it. I was going to college. I was serving. Um, I had done some like short films and it's called Copy Meal really? where you don't get paid and you get, you get a copy of the project and you get, you get a meal out of it. Yeah. And so I was going on my weekends and my nights outside of school and high school, basically doing as many short films as I could get my hands on that I would find on Craigslist. I always joked. I should have been on six o'clock news and I wasn't. Um, I somehow never got. I never got messed. Like nobody tried to grab you or kill you. I, I, I've maybe been in a few sticky, sticky situations in my life. Traveled all over the world by myself for the most part for the last 13 years. And really do grow some pretty thick skin. Um, but I also think the world's a lot friendlier than people give it credit for. Um, you just can't have, you have to have the don't fuck with me undertone to you because mm. people can smell weakness but if you have the don't fuck with the attitude especially in you know walking alone at night landing and yeah. stuff you've never been in at 2 a.m in the morning uh travel light as well mm-hmm. uh don't have a bunch of shit with you i've, I've gotten mugged on a metro in paris uh just once yeah kind of just once Kind of twice, That's but not like, just a, once. like a chill thing that happened. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> it was thanks It's fine. Time. Yeah, that's cool. It could yeah. be worse. Yeah. If they take your shit, that's a good day. Yeah. Um, it was more like pickpocketed slash mug. Okay. okay. So okay. I knew he was doing it, and then I like wasn't like, going to stop it yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's when I think things can go south. Mm. But um, it, it was busy. It was on a Parisian oh. Paris metro at rush hour. But I have four bags. Mm-hmm. Is that's that's what you don't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I learned that in my late mid to late twenties. Uh, travel late, Holland. Have zippers. Are you minimalist? 
I try to be a minimalist. Okay. I'm a big advocate. I, I want the 60 capsule wardrobe situation. Ooh, that's how I feel. I don't think I'll get there. And I'm not a minimalist. <laughs> no, man. I'm not a minimalist when it comes to my uh, kitchen paraphernalia. Do you like to cook? I like kitchen stuff. Really? Just like all the things. And you don't need any of the things. So you're like an air fryer. I don't even have an air fryer. Really? I really want an air fryer. I keep trying to. I've got like a lot of the salad spinner. And and then you have certain like eco-friendly bags. You keep your lettuce Mm. in. Yeah. 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 Um, It's helpful to the planet. It's it's (laughs) interesting. Yeah. I've got everything reusable. Yeah. Um, But it's not cheap. Yeah. And so that's my, that's my guilty pleasure. But yeah, I would say Los Angeles was just a place that um, I, I had aspirations of wanting to go into the business. Mm. Otherwise, I think I would have ended up in like a mountain town. Okay. Um, and Los Angeles always felt like this big, scary thing to mm. me. Like, I remember landing at LAX and just being like, I feel Los Angeles is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And feeling like I was just never good enough for this city or that like, Dallas is just worlds away from me. So it's very different. So different. Yeah. So I felt very intimidated. Yeah. Um, college was my security blanket for yeah. sure. Um, the gap year taught me at the time that I was just really intimidated by like up. I was up against the world essentially. Mm. So going to college, my freshman year being a science major uh, protected me oh, of a, a backup plan basically. Mm. Um I was lucky enough to be able to do three years of pre-med that way through my biology, but then switched to women's studies when my sophomore, um, I had done a short film with one of the the moms, her son. I did it with, I did the film with her son, but the mom said, Hey, her name's Vicky. Let us know if you're ever in town. We'll have an agent. We can at least introduce your ours. And that's how it was very much a, you knew, but at the same time as when luck, it's been an opportunity for preparedness because I had done the short films mm. and worked my ass off instead of hanging out with my friends the weekends. Mm. Um, and that's kind of how I got involved in the entertainment industry yeah. was I ended up making sure my grades were okay my, soft, my, my freshman year. My dad made a real hard bargain and said, uh, you have to, I had done a bunch of kind of industrial buyout commercial, so I had a little bit of extra money saved up. And so he would front me I would have to front myself the money. Okay. If I got certain grades at the end of the semester, mm-hmm. then he would pay me back. He's like my dad. He's a military dad. He's a military dad. Yes. Yeah. He was yeah. not the military, but he was a military. Yeah. So, uh, he, I think my brother had it a little bit easier. Really? Um. But yeah, he was not just going to pay for college. Then he was going to pay, pay for me to audition. Is that mm-hmm. he raised it? So you know, it's funny. The yeah. other day, my dad literally said, "I pay for dreams, or I don't pay for dreams. I pay for reality." So I understand mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah, being yeah. able to, I, I personally was kind of like, I say that, but I also understand that, like, having that backup plan is is important. But you talked a little bit about feeling like you weren't good enough mm-hmm. to be here, and I don't. What do you think separates? you as someone who might have had a little bit of insecurity and had that backup plan from people who come here and they have these massive dreams right and that's all they want to work towards and you kind of seem like you just went with the flow and allowed life to happen for you i mean i was i was hustling in the sense that like i would go to class three days a week mm-hmm. i put all of my classes at times i was never a morning person i yeah. would wake up 
And I would sit front row. I'd make friends with all of my professors. Mm-hmm. Um, I never went to one football game, one party. Um, really? Not one. No, I went to a UCLA football game after the fact <laughs> years later as a joke. Um, just sort of like, oh, sure. um, I was just really hoping that all my hard work would pay off. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. It kind of did. It did. No, it kind of did. did. It kind of didn't. Really? I would say it didn't ultimately. Um, I think I was way too focused. Um, I was able to become a working actor and have every year for two decades or 16, 17 years. Um, But I ultimately, um, I kind of thought, okay, I'll work really, really hard and then everything's going to work out. And life is just not that polarized. It is way more, like you said, ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. And it was a situation where I was going to class three, four days a week. And then I got really lucky my sophomore year and I booked the first show I went out on. Yeah. So I was then working on a show for those eight months as well in Los Angeles. So there's certain days we'd shoot that I had to beg my professors that if we had a test or something, then I'd already had to sort of prove myself by sitting front row and becoming best friends with them. They knew what I was up to. Yeah. And then five nights a week I would serve. Um, and so I also was trying to go to nursing school, like, plot thicket. So like I couldn't do those in college. You know, the fact major. So I had to go to community college as well to take those other prerequisites. So I was kind of double majoring. So yeah, half the, half the school nights I was in nursing class with mm-hmm. prerequisites to apply to nursing school um, because I was so scared acting would work out. Yeah. And then, because um, you could easily book a show and a show again. That's true. And, uh, and then, yeah, the other half would serve, go to school during the day, shoot also during the day. That's crazy. It was, I felt like I was living three lives. It was like actor life. No, seriously. Yeah. Or prerequisite life, college life, and then serving life. Yeah. Which were like four different lives. Yeah. I'm curious. It's like. I don't recommend that. No. I, it was really <laughs> I can't imagine. I feel like that's the life I'm living right now. And it's like, it's a little, you get that, like you're fed the creativity that you need to kind of keep going and be like, okay, like this feels good this makes sense for me but there was I kind of grew up completely opposite like I was the black sheep of my family and I was just like whatever I want is gonna happen like I never thought twice about it um I was lucky to grow up with a mom that really was just like whatever you want to do go for it like it was pretty easy but I just wonder where that drive and that dedication came from and how it really wanted to succeed okay and I thought um, my dad was really strict. He, I don't, they were not pleased with the acting mm. thing, but I'm also the oldest of four. Oh, so yeah. they were like, bye. Yeah. Yeah. You're gone. Great. Like do whatever. Uh, yeah. And so I've, they've never really given me, they've never put pressure on me to stay with the family or mm. to have kids. So for that, I'm very lucky yeah. that they just let me be, be who you are. And at the same time, I got to figure out a thing for myself. Um, they're not going to help me. But at least there's no pressure to do certain things that are not meant for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of my own island out there. Do you feel like the the maybe the pressure to be the best has translated after being out here for almost two decades, has yeah. translated to the place that you are now? Because I don't think people understand like your twenties, you kind of from my perspective have lived a different life. Oh yeah. I was than- just 
working, working, working. Yeah, working, yeah. Working. And yeah. I was like flying off cars, like <laughs> having a blast. And now I'm like, gotta get it together. Right, um, right. I mean, I think I from for most of my life, I've always been up in a heart. I've had a, I worked like a nine to five when I was 15. Like oh, I wow. worked my whole life, but I just wonder after spending so much time and kind of putting that pressure on yourself, do yeah. you feel like it's made you who you are today or are you trying to step away from it? So when I worked that hard mid twenties, the second show I booked, we, I did that first show for like eight months. We got canceled before we aired. We shot our whole first season. It was like a dark comedy on HBO. We had promos during the Sopranos finale. And then two weeks before it was supposed to air, they canceled it. Oh it's a God. very long story. Uh, so late for you, man. The president of HBO at the time, I think it was beating a hooker in Vegas. What? It was not with a particular type of person. It was abusing that person on top of it. And so he had to step down and his oh president of programming God. stepped down as yeah. well. And even though the president of programming, she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Just, just guilty happened. by association. But they, yeah. they, they kind of come to pair. And the new regime that came in, Flight of the Concours was really popular at the time. Okay. And that was half a million dollars for half an hour. Wow. And they were really successful. Yeah. And so there was two shows that were 3.5 million. Um, certainly wasn't coming from my salary. I was making scale. Um, but we had some big comedians on our show. Mm. And so uh, they thought, okay, one's a half hour, 3.5 million. The other one's 42 minutes, i.e. kind of an hour. Yeah. And I was called True Blood. And oh, so yeah. True Blood had stunts. Mm-hmm. They were longer. There was a reason why they were so expensive. Yeah. Ours were salaries of those big comedians. And I thought, okay, they're only going to get more expensive. Mm. But we were a dark comedy. There was not really stunts. Yeah. Anymore. So they canceled us. And they just scrapped twenty five million dollars for that first season. All eight months of work just gone, just gone. And so, I the next show I booked was a show called Teen Wolf, and that was about a year later. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh. But Teen Wolf. When I was doing my research, I mm-hmm. didn't realize it is a big, a big, huge show. Like I was on TikTok. <laughs> I say this every five seconds. I'm on TikTok, and I was like looking at someone's video, and it wasn't the nicest comment I have to say, but they were like. Is this an episode of Teen Wolf, like commenting on the person? Mm-hmm. That was a massive show. Yeah. It was a bigger show. Yeah, it, it was kind of a surprise hit because yeah. it was on MTV. They were mainly known for doing reality. Yeah, yeah. A lot of actors were even confused. That, like, what do you mean this is from TV? Yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. going out on auditions for it. So uh, when I booked it, I, well, I was testing for another show that week. And I did not see that coming. I thought I got the call at 730 at night once the agencies are closed. Yeah. It's like a big call. I was leaving Outback Steakhouse and I uh, thought they were calling for this other show that only we did what a season. So oh. you never know. It was for, it's going to be an ABC, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, it looked like much, a much more sparkly job. Okay. Okay. Is my point. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, it was like, nope, but you got Team Wolf. And so I jumped right in and we were a year and a half. We shot that. It's in 2009 I auditioned, mm-hmm. and in 2009 to 2010 we shot pilot pilot presentation. Okay, it's like a mini pilot. Yeah. And then in May of 2010 we got picked up, but we didn't air until 2011, summer of 2011. Two years. It was a year and a half. A year and a half. Yeah, over a year and a half. So I was just so paranoid that it was never going to air, like the first show I. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So when I booked Team Wolf, to a very long winded way of saying to answer your question, mm-hmm. that's when. I think I got my college experience. Okay. We had young kids on the show. I was 
just grad. I was able, I was a senior co- um, in college when I first found, I was 23, okay. just to turn 23. Mm. And filmed Team Wolf, the presentation. And when we got picked up in May, we went back to the show in October and I was able to graduate that summer. Oh, so just sheer luck. Yeah. I was able to graduate. Yeah. I didn't have to walk away from college. So um, I had to take like tests during my pilot presentation. Mm-hmm. The producer had to proctor me at a video village where you sit and watch all the monitors. So it was quite fun. It was applying to nursing schools yeah. for the pilots. I think it's like seven nursing schools. In case, yeah, this show didn't work out like the first show. So you're not like a go with the flow kind of person. You're a, not that thin. Not back then. Not now that thin. I think I was so concerned. So one thing about Dallas, I was really. I think they are. There's an emphasis of the world runs on money. Everyone runs on money, but Dallas is a. I feel like money is a bigger deal yeah. than it is in LA. LA, anything goes. You can show up to a party. It is a truly a mix of everybody. Everybody. It's yeah. a melting pot. You, there's a club in Dallas, actually, right now, that says Keep Dallas Pretentious. Mm, like, wow. it's really, it's a thing. It's a thing. And I knew. I was like, oh, I gotta go. Like, this yeah. Is not- it was just run, like, <gasps> the dating scene I felt like in Dallas, which I didn't experience a lot of, but mm. I had friends that did. Um, and it, it's like shopping, eating, and drinking. That's all you do. And that's all you do. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's the opportunity to go hiking, the opportunity yeah. to put yourself in like hiking is free. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, can, you can go camping, mm-hmm. but there's not a camping culture there. Yeah. Um, so for me, Dallas just Ooh. felt too sterile. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the case. It's just my view and my like antiquated stereotype of Dallas. As far as the outdoor culture, mm-hmm. And there are places I think to camp outside of Dallas, Texas. Hey y'all, I hate to take a break, but I think this is the perfect point for me to talk about our product of the week. If you're anything like me and hate sitting down to get your nails done, your hair done, but you love the end result, this product is for you. And I'm talking about press-on nails from Black Acrylics. And not just any press-on nails, custom press-on nails. And not just custom press-on nails, quality custom press-on nails. When you order these custom nails, you get a sheet on how to apply them, how to take them off, how to take care of your nails in between, and how to take care of the nails so you can use them for up to six months. I am a sucker for ease and convenience, so I'm definitely going to be using these nails in the future. So for the next 30 days, if you use my code LAYLOW, when you place your custom order, you can get 10% off. Now personally, I'm a short black nail kind of girl, so I'm definitely going to be placing an order of short black press-on nails to use for if I have a date, an event, anything where I'm like, oh my God, I don't have time to go get my nails done. So again, use my code LAYLOW for 10% off when you place a custom order. I will put all of the information in the description of the audio episode and on our YouTube. Thank you so much, Black Acrylics, for sponsoring portion of this video. Let's get back to the episode. Once I got on that show and I was able to experience what it felt like to relax for a second Mm. and enjoy what you're doing, I really got to experience a beautiful ride on Team Wolf. It was a lot of work. We worked 90, 80, 90 hours a week, 16 hours, 12 to 16 hour days. Um, but it was the time of my life and I, I'm so grateful for it. I got so lucky to book that show. I got so lucky that the cast got along so well. We were all in such small places in our life and we were all just down for a work hard, play hard mentality. Doing what you guys love. Yeah. Thinking too much into it. Yeah. I got to drop a world thing, Teen Wolf. Yeah. And it was really in my late 20s to early 30s. So I was 23 getting the show and 31 coming off of it. Oh my God. Yeah. And so 
I came into my 30s trying to find another show. Would book a pilot, would it go? Yeah. Booked a few movies. And when everyone was sort of finding their footing in their in their careers, I was all of a sudden free falling again. So it was it was an interesting time. Um, but it was definitely more money I was ma- making than at Apple Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. So I was able I still had roommates throughout Team Wolf. Really? And, yeah. Yeah. And I would try and save, save, save to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my early 30s, 31 coming off of Team Wolf, having such a ride uh, that I finally leaned into the hippie mentality yeah. of more money you could s- just spend less. That is such a big thing because I think less is more, but more can also be less or more can be enough. I want to ask you a question that I don't know if you know the answer to, but I'm curious as like how people would describe like the people closest to you mm-hmm. would describe you today because mm-hmm. I kind of identify now with where you are in terms of like spending less, enjoying life, allowing it to be what it is. Was there a sense of you that was like freaking out, was afraid, or were you just kind of like, you know what, I surrender to what it is? Because mm-hmm. I think when we exchange luck, there comes surrender with it too. And I'm curious if like people around you today would say, you've become this like hippie person or if you're just kind of like, okay, it's cool. I think people would describe me as I was really scared. I wouldn't make enough money. Mm. I was such a fear around money for so many years. And I discovered nomadic living and fan life in my early thirties. And I, for three years, looked at hundreds of bills of what I could afford. And I had this plan, Mm -hmm. which is still sort of in place that I could uh, live in my van, mm-hmm. which I did for full-time for 13 months. Um, I met a guy, the sole reason I moved back to Los yeah. Angeles. You left? Uh, yeah, I you left my house okay. and, and lived in the van. And so uh, from 2000, December 2020 mm-hmm. to January of 22, I lived in there. And I, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved went down the road. And that was really the first time I think people's views changed of me that I've known you many years, where I saw how little you needed to live with. It was a bit of a shock to them to see you like. I think it, it was a relief for them that I finally didn't feel the need to just keep up with the rap. And yeah. um, I let go of publicity. I didn't, mm. I didn't. I stopped going to red carpets I, because that's a very expensive industry. Yeah. And I really just wanted to embrace enjoying life a little bit more that's really it's not until my early 30s where I really slowed down mm. and now I'm in my late 30s and I've done a pretty good job I think journaling once a month okay. uh minimum okay of and it can simply be of what did I do this month mm. what did I do from day one to day 30 okay of this month and sometimes it's a gratitude exercise and I felt like it was done this month yeah. failing. You can look at all of the things that you got to do personally and professionally. I love that. Um so just jotting down and that's what I started in the van. Um I learned to manage my time better in the van because mm. everything takes longer in a van. Yeah. So um I love that though. It's yeah it's slow. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, but yeah, the band, the band for me was my ebb and flow. It was when I really started to come into a slower way of life. I'm, I'm yeah. curious, like, how you got into it. My best friend of 15 years, she and I went through, like, a van life craze. Um, 
probably like four or five years ago where we just like watch YouTubers mm-hmm. nonstop and like there's this YouTuber Earth Mommy Medicine and she oh, like yeah. really created a, like an agricultural life for herself mm-hmm. and it's always been a dream of mine but there's always been this fear for me that's like okay I can live in a van I can do the things or not even a van but just kind of like live this like quiet life but what happens if someone needs me or something is needed mm-hmm. or if I'm called back will I feel comfortable doing it and I'm curious like in doing that transition were you afraid did you just feel like this is what I've got to go do was it the same feeling as booking a show and being like okay yes like right. this worked out um I think the logistics overall is really excited to get to the van okay um but I would say that the when you got down to the nitty-gritty like you turn off your van at night on a road trip and I, at first, I refused to stay in Walmart parking lots when I was traveling. Yeah. And I would go out of my way. We were already driving a 10-hour day. Yeah. I would go up to the top of a mountain from Ioverlander yeah. the app I would download. Mm-hmm. And those dark, like, off-roading dirt roads yeah. up the mountain, you turn off the engine, and you're just in the middle of nowhere. It's freaking. And I, it takes a while. Mm. Or you could be in a desert, you know, as I... Went back from LA to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Devontae, where did I go recently? Uh, by the way, Devontae's here, y'all, and y'all loved him on the first episode. So if I call his name, that's why. Where did I go recently that I left at two o'clock in the morning? Joshua Tree. Oh. I was done. I was, I wanted to do it so bad. I was out. I said, I can't do this. Yeah. It takes, it takes a few nights to, to wrap your head around it. And I found that as soon as I gave it to the, to the Walmart parking lot and mm-hmm. road trip life. Um, when you're traveling in, in a van just or in a school bus just to get to your destination, I, I felt so much safer mm. in the Walmart parking lots and Home Depot parking yeah. lots. And you just pull in, you're like, oh, I don't have to worry about anything. I'm fine. <laughs> you're in the bathroom in the morning. Oh, yeah. Like, There's other travelers. Yeah. And just start to realize um, it always takes me a few days in the van to be able to park in deserts by myself or the mm. mountains by myself. Yeah. But then you ease into it. It takes four or five nights. nights. And then you realize no one's going to get you out there. Um, I had an ex when we got in the van. Bless his heart. It's a lovely man. Mm -hmm. But he thought the meth heads were going to get us in the desert. Meth heads? The meth heads. Almost, He's like, there's meth heads that get us down here. I'm like, the the meth heads. (laughs) They would be pretty active meth heads to get out here and find us. And uh, we opened, I was like, no, wildlife. That is what's to be so scared of. Sheep. It's a coyote. Yeah. And like the Some mountain lions. We, yeah. I opened up my door one day um, and there were like, we were pretty sure there were mountain lion uh, friends. Yeah. Right up to the door. Rocks right on the bed. So, you know, I think gr- gr- coming into myself, efficiency in myself, just knowing I can do it. Yeah. Um, that self-confidence of knowing you're completely capable of handling situations that you feel uncomfortable with helped me a lot with that and flow as well, because I feel like anything can go wrong. I will break down in the middle of nowhere and I don't even say anything's wrong. It's just troubleshooting that there's nothing broken. And so you just got to work. It's like a science problem. You just got to work through it. Yeah. And so your stress level peaks a lot less when you're not, having a meltdown every five seconds because the littlest thing goes wrong. Your tolerance for uh, a lot of balls being thrown at you 
it you get really good at it <laughs> i want to go like i have like a few more questions that might get a little bit deeper mm-hmm. a lot of balls being thrown at you one of the things that i realized that i struggle with in my life is chaos like i feel like as structured as i am i'm like very type a but like creative but like type a at the same time i don't have like a morning routine but i need a morning or I don't have like, I just, I freak out at, like all day. Like my, the people around me are like, oh my God, you're so chill. Like go with the flow. I'm like, I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You can't see it. Yeah. Can't see it. And I, I wonder if at, at the place that you are now and at the age that you are now, do we have to continue to answer to the consciousness of being conscious or do we get to just say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm sorry. Excuse me. But like, fuck it. I'm just going to do whatever it is that I want to do. And you get more comfortable in doing that, or do you just like, I have to be type A, kind of like figure things out? Because the balance, I think, as I get to my early, my late thirties, I would say, I think organization, for me, to a certain extent, on a macro and micro level, mm-hmm. I look at really creative people on YouTube mm-hmm. that I really respect. And if you look at them, that you like, oh. There's a couple named Kira and Nate that I, I really wish them. They're they're so, in my van life. They're the journey. cutest, yeah, cheesiest. They're so sweetest, good. yeah, smartest. And man, they get it they done. Work hard, and they they that have the world videos come out weekly for over seven years, if not more. They were daily vlogging in the yes. beginning. I really admire. Them as individuals and then as a married couple, because I don't know many married couples that were that in sync at such a young age. They were high school young, students, yeah. or I understand. And the fact that they divided and conquered this business in 2016, they announced seven-figure business in less than eight years, is pretty impressive. Yeah. And she was a nanny. I I call him a transponder, like what Chandler did on Friends. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's just like commentary. Uh, <laughs> they didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And they no one. Yeah. And they had $75, including lodging and travel, that they lived on a day for three years. I think it was two or two, minimum of, I know it was two. Because I know they teach a lot about like travel and travel. Yeah. But like 75 is 75. Crazy. And they saved up miles and points. Mm. Um, before they had 2 million points they added up. They yeah. up, I don't know how many credit cards. I think he's trying to write a book about it. Um, he was one of the early, early yeah. travel hackers. And so the amount of time for two years, they saved up points, credit mm-hmm. cards, spending the minimum on each credit card to get the points. It Excel spreadsheets about, I mean, they approached it so intelligently. That takes structure. That takes discipline. Yeah. Um, that takes goal planning. And at the same time, when you look at them on the surface of one week, they're with orcas. And the next week, they are. Okay. They were just in, um. Oh my god! I know I watched the biking across the U.S. Yes. Right yeah, and yeah. like I watched an episode they went and to Minnesota about in bike yeah. bike trips. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, bike camping. Yeah, I feel almost like I grew up in a very like I I had a great life, but the one thing as much as I learned like hard work and discipline, I did not learn like financial literacy mm-hmm. or like it was kind of I didn't either. Yeah, and my dad has it mm-hmm. but he never taught never taught it yeah my younger siblings he did mm. so i've made mistakes i opened up an escort from the wrong state mm. how do you a rookie mistake okay. <laughs> yeah like i yeah. do delaware put it that way yeah i'm paid california taxes 
Um, sorry. You know, yeah, I, I think that there are more resources today. Yeah. Um, especially around financial coaches, um, females for some reason tend mm-hmm. to have a lag in how we organize our finances. That's not always the case. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, but there tends to be a narrative around there, there is a pattern that that women don't invest as much in the stock market. Like there's there's certain statistics that I find interesting that I've banded together um with women, other women I've met on the road that believe in it's called the simple path to wealth. So a really nice book that the buyer community it's financial independence yeah. early. And so I didn't learn a lot of these tips and tricks mm-hmm. within the entertainment industry or actors. I learned it. Um, I learned them with people that work remotely and mm-hmm. wanted to prioritize what they like doing in their lives mm-hmm. day to day. So again, that, that took a lot of planning. Yeah. Yeah. So I, what I've come to learn in my late thirties is even when people make it look easy or make it look off the cuff or chaotic or simple, it's not. There was a lot of planning that went into People that are living really hot, high octane dreams, yeah, living their best lives. Um, there usually is a lot of planning that goes into that. That doesn't mean that you can't helpfully manage your time so that it's less chaotic. But I have found that in order to have a calmer, peaceful brain, um, planning does not come easily for me. But I have to do it even if i get up 30 minutes later an hour late you do the space still start the routine and see how much you can get done like my mom. <laughs> don't give up because oh i screwed the day i've i've yeah um you know i've i've i, I slept in three three hours later i slept in my alarm yeah get up and still start your routine because it really is like those little things every day that yeah. don't seem to make a difference makes a and then you wake up a month later you've done it for 30 days mm-hmm. And you have that much more of a budget together. You have, you've done all your house chores. You've, you've, you've like gone to the back of the cave to do list mm-hmm. and then you're ground level. Then, then you get to really, once that clutters out of your mind, yeah. then you actually have the creative space to see where that takes you. Yeah. Yeah. I like, um, if, I don't know, it's like young people listen to this, but if, I could have done anything differently when I first moved here. I was very lucky to be able to just kind of do it myself. I didn't go through the process of like driving, you know, packing my bags up and driving my car. Like I was able to ship my car, like do all the things. I wish I would have got here and just slowed down a little bit and just not throw myself into doing the most that I could at that moment. Because again, life in Dallas and life here is very different, but it was just like a lot of... I don't know. I just wish I would have thought more through it. And now that I'm 26, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, and not in like a, in a way of like, like, I don't feel sorry for myself. I'm, I'm very blessed, but I wish that I would have taken more seriously. Like you said, like the little things. It's the, young, though. It's the youngest day of the rest of your life. I promise you. Oh you don't God. feel young, but you are young. Really? It's, yes. Yeah. You are young. I, I don't know. I feel like my brother and I joke that we've done everything except die. So I don't know. <laughs> That's a good thing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I love that you said that. Like, it's the micro things. It's the little things. Every and- single day. And it doesn't, you're know, like, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't do that today. Mm-hmm. Well, I won't. But if, then if you don't do it tomorrow and the next day, add up. that 
if you don't do it for two or three days in a row, that's a very big deal. It's a huge thing. It's just like working out. If you're like, okay, I can just take a three-day break, turns into a week, it turns into a few months. But I'm curious, like, do you feel like where you are now, um, you've kind of allowed life to just happen. Do you feel like there's a void that you haven't been able to fill or like something that you still want to do that you're like, dang, if I could have done this before or if I do it, yeah. I'll be okay. I mean, I regret not staying in the van longer. Mm-hmm. I had a plan that I uh, I evacuated because of life circumstances changing in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and that's I I hate to say it's a regret Mm. but I would say it's a slight regret yeah coulda woulda shoulda I got to have amazing experiences because I stayed in Los Angeles but I I wouldn't have had otherwise Mm -hmm. um I learned a lot about my dating life Mm -hmm. I'm still with that person Mm -hmm. after two years later but there's no doubt I I think it's important to stay honest with your relationship and he knows the sacrifice that I made I don't shame him with it, but he, he, he knows, he, he just simply knows that and understands that, um, he honors that. Yeah. He does yeah. honor that, that I, I, and I, I've tried to show him the ways to see, cause he's an adventurous guy mm-hmm. that partially living in the van can help save money or mm-hmm. the amount of adventures that we can have extends. Mm-hmm. We're both learning to take a step back. He's, he's, a, you know, was open up to the idea perhaps a little bit later than I did. Mm. Uh, but to make less money, spend yeah. less money and then you don't have to work as hard. Do you feel like it's yeah. too late to learn that? Like never too late to learn that. So he's open to still transition his life. Yeah. It just takes time. Everybody's on their path. I yeah. think, you know, it's crying over spilt milk to, mm. to say, you know, do I wish I was 37? I wish I was 27 doing these things. Yeah. Yeah. But then I would have the last 10 years that I know I'll never make the mistake again, either staying too long in a relationship or staying too long at a job. Um, I see people getting sick earlier these days. Dude. People in their 30s and 40s. Yeah. Um, I've had mm-hmm. friends pass away in their 30s and 40s. Wow. We just think life goes on forever and it doesn't. So I think that the biggest lesson I've learned throughout my 30s is telling people in their 20s to make sure you do enjoy your life but that enjoyment comes with responsibility because you can't just have a free-for-all because that's not real enjoyment yeah that's kind of like it's kind of um band-aiding it a little bit like I, I appreciate all the times that I've had I will never get them back and I'm I'm glad but I'm at this point now where like I used to go out five six nights a week now it's like every other weekend and it takes me three days to recover. And yeah. I'm like, dude, why am I in this place of of trying to recover? And I have two quick things. Um, I wish that I knew, like when I first moved here, I got in a relationship a month after I got a year. Worst decision of my life. Mm-hmm. But in the best way, though, like you said, like you kind of learn what you need. And you can hopefully have somebody that's open and willing to accept that and transition from that if they're not then it's like cool i learned it there's never a lesson that i feel like it's too late to learn um i have a question it's in my research i watched mother may i ah thank you thank you 
this? Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh my god. Can I give you my it's my first movie I produced? It's your first movie. Thank yeah. You. Okay. Two questions then. First of all, can I give you my synopsis of the movie? Yes, it's okay. definitely supposed to be a, a head spinner. Dude. It's weird. First of all, Anya, I relate to her. <laughs> She's like this like hippie, like figuring it out, but like also like super sure of what she wants. She comes from a family that really, you know talked about like psychological health and things like that and again I was really blessed to have a mom that feeds into me every day I call my mom 20 times a day <laughs> and she's just like always telling me great things plus yeah it's she's amazing but also having this perspective I bet, I bet <laughs> yeah. my mom thought you were so nice oh, and she she was like she's so awesome and I'm like I know but um, yeah and then she's trying to figure her life and I have to say, I believed that Anya was not faking it. Oh, okay. I thought, and just to give you guys some background, like, without telling everything, you're going to have to wonder if Anya is really experiencing the experience that she's having or if she's just doing it for a bigger reason. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually the manipulator. I don't think yeah. she was. I did not play her that she was. Yeah. But I appreciate the filmmaker's path of building two scripts in one mm. two paths in one yeah it could be interpreted interpreted either way yeah and, i think it's a yeah. good like no. post movie argument like what do you think she was doing or like the way it was filmed was beautifully like Thank you. yeah we used hardly any lights really all natural which was wild wow. craig at slow blank is a very talented man nice and as like three he, <laughs> craig and lawrence finicelli uh He's an excellent writer, mm. and he came from a pretty heavy DP background. If he was a DP and writer, and that's a very odd combination yeah. in business, to be a writer as well as a DP. And for, with that, with those two skills, he accepted this was his directorial feature mm. debut. And so... Um, I could sense it yeah. in, like, the beats. Like, there was a, a moment where you guys were at the table, and it was like... And I was just like, dude, I love films that like, I, I didn't grow up in a, like a TV household. Yeah. I, we were, it was music. That's all I grew up in. So when I watched it, I was like, I love things that like keep my head on a swivel. It's like a psychological thriller, but it's not scary. It's no. just like, it keeps you captivated. It's about a mushroom trip that uh, my fiance and I are cleaning out his deceased mother's home. And I come from a prominent psychologist family where I think I am a psychologist, therefore I am. Yeah. And accurately so. And so we take, I bring mushrooms to help my emotionally shut down boyfriend who now has this deceased mom that he didn't know that well. And he's a bit guarded about his relationship with his mom. So I thought, okay, I'll bring these mushrooms. We'll relax. We'll go through the, the things in our house, sell her home. We're flipping it to make some money uh, to start a family, essentially. We're from hipsters in Brooklyn. And she lived in upstate New York. And the mom was a professional ballerina. You see this in her photos. Yeah. Um, and very lithe and uh, chain smoker, loved swimming. And Anya was cook. Anya, the girlfriend, is uh, no makeup, very baggy clothes, kind of hunches, yeah. wants to be a poet. And some very different women um, hate cigarette smoke. And so they take these mushrooms and they wake up and uh, Emmett, the the boyfriend, the fiance boyfriend. Poor Edmund. <laughs> he is a bit of a snarky boyfriend in the beginning. You kind of feel bad for the girlfriend, my character. Mm-hmm. 
But when they wake up from the mushroom trip, the girlfriend is now acting like his mom, wearing the mom's clothes, mm-hmm. uh, chain smoking, cooking for him. And he thinks it's just a mind game to drop the act. Yeah. But she doesn't drop the act. And you start finding out through the movie. Uh, at first, you think she's, you don't know what to think. Yeah. And then throughout the movie, there's different uh, scenarios where it's, the mother's spirit still left in the house and is entering this woman's body. Or you find out through the movie, there's journals or notes. There's ways that Anya could have manipulated her fiance. And she really the bad guy by the end of the movie. We're very authentic on this podcast. I have to say in my experience, a shroom trip does not last that long. It just not That's part of the, that's the, it the, thing. the movie where yeah. it lasts like three days. And, they speak? And yeah. So, uh, the boyfriend, the fiance, played by Callan Gallagher, a brilliant actor, he ended up, um, his journey was really grounding throughout the movie to make the performances work because I'm letting his fiance, girlfriend, slash his 65-year-old mom. Um, and his reactions to those characters are quite different. So You did a great job. It wasn't cheeky. Like, it, it didn't you. give, like, 65-year-old woman. It <laughs> gave, like, show trip. Yeah, sixty-five-year-old woman. She like it was some mannerisms, yeah, or a bit of a voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was but it was scary because that was just too much, just so over the top. Yeah, uh, but it was really it was an amazing experience to be able to produce a movie like that. That was my question. Yeah, is why in the world I think producers deserve so much credit and money because why would you? I think producing is stressful. So if you're at this place of like ebbing and flowing, <laughs> why would you do that? Yeah. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I've often wondered, I think the biggest stressor of acting is that you just don't have autonomy. Mm. And with producing, you kind of also don't have autonomy. Mm. Uh, producing, you have to set your own hours. So you really discipline. Yeah. Um, that's part of the reason why I started setting, one of the many reasons I started being more of a planner. Okay. Is so I, would have more of an ebb and flow mentality gotcha. um without planning you're just suspended mm-hmm. in air there's to have to ebb and flow for me i need to be very anchored mm-hmm. so i my brain can be calm and it allows a space to really let my creative brain mm-hmm. take off because if i don't open my mail and I don't get my house chores done. Those things are actually just crowding my brain. Yeah. And you I can't, can't sort through it. Mm. And I could avoid those things. Yeah. But that's really a means to an end. And as a producer, you're really organized so and really clock ground zero in uh, your everyday life because no one's going to make you work. No. Uh, as an actor, do book a job. They make you work. Yeah. Show up on set. You have- but you get to show up on set and just like, this is what I'm here to do. Yeah. And show up. You're and able to detach and be a way more chaotic, unorganized person. Mm-hmm. And if you can keep acting, that can be rewarded. Yeah. But as often the case, even with working actors, that's not always, you're not always promised to drop. Mm-hmm. So for me, I found myself not very stimulated to the auditions I was going mm-hmm. on. Why am I going to work my ass off for something I easily probably won't book? Yeah. So for me, producing came from the need to want to tell really fun stories. I did it 
I just a few more questions because mm-hmm. now I can talk for hours. But when I first met you, I didn't know. I remember I thought, hmm, but like not in a negative way or not in a way of like, I think I know this person, but just like, hmm. And then later I figured out like what was happening. And I found that you're really just kind of like not Hollywood at all. It's just <laughs> like the complete opposite. Do you feel like at this point, understanding that you were not going to go on these auditions that you had to work super hard for, is there like a threat in that? Or are you just kind of like... I don't regret acting so I'll never have to t- I'll never have to s- to ask myself what if mm-hmm. and if I had stayed in Dallas that would have eaten me alive yeah um I think I wish I would have enjoyed the moment a bit more mm-hmm. that's what I would recommend to be sure just you're just so concerned about the success of getting to the next step mm-hmm. and what it takes and you'll grin and bear it to get to that next step and I thought well as my therapist says you're 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 not going to live life. You're clocked in now. You don't get to clock out. Yeah. And so I make sure to do at least, spend at least 30 minutes of my day mm. doing exactly what I want to do. And that can be like watching a YouTube video. That can be at least 30 yeah. minutes a day. I, I want to live presently. I try to stay in spontaneous as much as I can mm-hmm. within reason. Um, but I'm at a place in my life where I'm really striving to plan in six month increments and with acting that's not as easy to do yeah a lot of wrenches get thrown in your schedule mm-hmm. so after 16 17 years i i'm ready to put to bed the uh chaotic scheduling okay. and so that allows more of an ebb and flow mentality and a calm mentality mm-hmm. and a creative mentality in that um I could pursue my own endeavors and what's stopping me from buying a camera myself. It doesn't have to be an Alexa. It doesn't have to be at the right. Everyone's doing it though. You know, it doesn't have to be in fitness. It could be, you know, um, the great thing about starting a second career is you have a little bit of money. You have a little bit of cushion. Mm -hmm. You're not starting from ground zero. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, you go out and buy, I mean, Tangerine was shot and when i say everybody's doing it i mean more in the sense of like we have like you said autonomy yeah like you're able to just if you want to do it go do access is incredible these days and so for me adventure sports and um dramatic living Mm -hmm. great storytelling to me it could be narrative it could be unscripted um that's where my passion lies and as long as I'm doing a form of that, mm-hmm. or at least attempting to do a form of that, the best you can do is try. Mm-hmm. It's okay if I, I have a problem failing. Um, it's the fact that if I don't try, we'll, we'll eat me up inside. So, yeah, I find that I've, I've now I've developed a new itch and trying to figure out a way to scratch that itch. And that's a nice motivation to get up every day. I mean, it brings me com- comfort because I'm, um, I have ADHD, like, I take the highest dose of Vyvanse every day. So it's like really bad. And every time I find a new hobby the next month, people are like, again, again, oh yeah, I do have a lot of hobbies. It's like, dude, if you want to try it and if it's not working out, cool, go to the next thing, especially if you put yourself in a position to be able to do it and take care of yourself and be able to figure out like what works for you. Yeah, I I am 37 and didn't have kids. There's other sacrifices that I made in order to live this life. It's a really high stakes life to 
make your career your identity. It's not, it's not something I suggest. So I'm backpedaling and uh, having other forms of community and hobbies and self-worth that don't rely on what I do for a living. I think that's really important that can allow the ebb and flow and yeah. a calm approach yeah. to my life every day. It yeah. makes you feel better. I never wanted kids. So I'm, I'm definitely in a we're, 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 we're a, we're a dog householder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like, like yourself talk, I'm really big on mm-hmm. how you speak to yourself and like how you operate in your own mind. How do you speak to yourself every day? And if your friend was speaking to you the way you speak to yourself, mm-hmm. would you still be friends with yourself? I wouldn't used to be friends with the old self. Mm-hmm. It was just way too, the stakes were way too high for no reason. Yeah. Um, they can feel really intense in your 20s. At mm-hmm. least I experienced that. I would say my self-talk now it's pretty fair. Yeah. I would say it's pretty fair. Okay. Yeah. I, I think there's a balance between grace, mm. but also responsibility. Because if I don't show up for my responsibilities, what I really want to do yeah. will, will not be on the table. Mm. And so you have to grow, you meaning me, mm-hmm. uh, the collective you. Yeah. Like we have to grow up and, and not let the kid run the show. Mm-hmm. If that's an unfortunate reality yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. And that if I want this hippity-dippy work remotely, work when I want, work half the year, retire early, those are a lot of where does the money come from? Yeah, yeah. And so there has to be strategy involved mm-hmm. and responsibility involved. Okay. And so um, there's a balance between, you know, okay, you're going to get up early, you're dead tired, you only got six hours of sleep, you mm-hmm. didn't sleep well. That's okay. You can yeah. take a nap today, mm-hmm. but you have to get up now. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got to get up now. Yeah. Got to work. Put one foot on the other. If you're tired, do the, do the chore that's going to be the most physical. Keep you up, mm. and then sit down at your desk. Like structure it. I'm a big notes fan, so yeah. so I'm a big note taker. Mm. So and with the little green check marks, and so um, little emoji check mark. What's your are you in the zodiac signs? Yeah, I'm a Libra. Very balanced. I can't get away from them. <laughs> My mom's leaving my grandma. My oh, sister, my uncle, like we're so very calm. Give credit where it's due. Very yeah. fair. Very fair people. Yeah. Execution's hard for me, so it's mm-hmm. like consistency and and um, yeah. So it's it's grace, but it's also you have to really stick to like that thing. Why I'm like I gotta stick yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of reminding myself, and a lot of reminding myself why I'm doing it, and then a lot of reminding myself to actually do the little mundane thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Help me. Okay. <laughs> In the best way possible. Like, I'm, I'm having a great time, but there are days where I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, in, in so not, I, I only have, like, one day. One day. I cannot go to two. There's a, I don't know if it's, like, a saying, but, like, I'm not a victim for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, um, I think recently I was told that I, um, I'm a very sensitive person. Well, I know this about myself, but not in the sense of, like, I'm emotional. I hide it pretty well, but I'm really sensitive. But give me five minutes to cry and freak out. And then after that, it's like, you got to keep it moving yeah. and just figure it out. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't believe in talks about talks positivity. I, I'm not really one for small talk, but I, mm-hmm. I do believe. Um, I think I wallowed too much in self-pity and wallowed, gave myself too much quote unquote grace. But really, that's not grace. That's that's. Pity. Well, and it's it's like self harm. 
when I when I'm allowed to just sleep for four hours and then like if I don't feed my body which I am a junk food junkie it's really diet really oh god no and it's um my I won't eat oh but it doesn't doesn't have the same effect. I, I am a junk food jockey and yeah. I um I have to really convince myself, like white knuckle convince myself some days. And sometimes I don't succeed. Mm. But, still but that self-love has gotten a lot better. Um but again, it can't it can if it goes to a second day, it's it's really scary what yeah. I'm doing to myself. And I have to remind myself and stay in the presence of you're really harming yourself. Like the, I'll convince myself it's okay. Yeah, sixteen year old run the show. I'm not sixteen anymore. That it doesn't work that way. That hurts closed. That metabolism is gone. It is gone. Yeah. And, and I have to pay my mortgage and yeah. I have to like like life I have I have to adult. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Every time I feel like I say I'm gonna say I have one more question. Have you more. But um you said that um like kind of like self pitying and like wallowing and four hours throughout the day I think I've been really blessed to have friends that like call me and they're like did you eat like he called me the other day he's like did you eat today I was like I actually did not eat today he's like let's go get food Mm -hmm. so how do you give yourself that motivation or do you have people that kind of do that for you in your life I am lucky enough to have a couple like genuinely best friends um one doesn't live here anymore she now is had two kids mm-hmm. and then is on her third child. Goodness. Um, yes, yes. And then she's my best friend of like 18 years. And then um a lot of the all girls here girls, they were all relatively late to marry in life, but really most of them are now married. Okay. And so um I do have one of my other good best friends. He's completely nocturnal. Oh really? Yes. Yeah. Like 9 a.m. to 4 30 p.m. he sleeps. I definitely have friends that will check in, but no, I would say as an actor, you kind of develop this like gypsy, hmm. um, very loner mentality. So you have to be your own best friend. Um, although I have amazing friends, the support system on a daily basis, it's more up to me. Yeah. And I feel that like, I mean, they're cheering from afar. Yeah. And you can feel it. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, I, 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 I say I'm lucky. It's like two or three people. But again, yeah. it's like. Those two or three people, maybe if it's once a week, that's great. Like yeah. Every day, you really have that's to be really that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much an introvert. I want to be an extrovert, but sometimes you just have to develop that self-talk and allow mm-hmm. yourself, again, grace to have your moments, but also really, it's a discipline, really talking to yourself in a good way. And I think, you know, journaling, mm-hmm. note-taking, list-making, post-it, mm-hmm. like, it's it's a daily and sometimes hourly practice mm-hmm. um, to do keep yourself you might lose time wise into the to the scrolling for an hour okay we'll get out of it and then <sighs> it, and it's yeah. okay but set a timer you know like the pomodoro method yeah. five minutes five minute break 25 minutes five minute break someone just told me that recently yeah yeah i love that it's a great one. Oh well i love that and i think i'm learning a lot from you and i again we haven't had very many interactions but i just realized like if I find someone that I'm constantly asking them, like, what is this? Or like, what do you suggest? I automatically know, like, there's something more that I would like to know. And you said you, you're not big for small talk, really big on that. And I can appreciate that. So I just appreciate you again for allowing me to kind of 
be in your space. I really try to mind my business. No, I think I think the biggest thing that I still am learning is, and the reason why I think um, I fall into a nice category that my friends and I don't speak every day mm-hmm. is that um, it's a very lonely journey mm-hmm. to get back to where I want to be or to. to if people have goals in their life, it's um, Sarah Blakely who started Sphinx. Yeah, yeah. Um, she said the same thing. She was like, it was really, and there was also um, the owners of Jack Black, the like lip gloss. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, of course. Um, they also said the same thing. They said, and I'm noticing it day to day as I've become more of a responsible human being in the last three, four years mm-hmm. is... I really value that outdoor van time yeah. in order to get that hike in or in order to go skiing or in order to go surfing or in order, I do a lot of kind of extreme sports in order, you know, I'm trying to get the paragliding or sailing. Really? So it's like, Sorry. in order to get into those sports though, mm-hmm. I need to get my work done. So you can do that. So I'm able yeah. to do those things. And I, the thing I've noticed when I find myself wanting to call one of my, you know, my other best Colton who, mm-hmm. As long as it's that, you know, after two or three in the afternoon, it'll most likely be up. <laughs> I sometimes find my, like, look at my clock, it's three o'clock yet. Yeah. Why do I want to call him so much? Mm-hmm. And I think it's powwowing about what I need to do is not doing what I need to do. Okay. And so. Recognizing that. You just, it's like, I find myself wanting to reach out to someone when all I really need to do is put my head down and finish my to-do list. At 6.30, you can go call someone and you can go over and bring dinner to him. Mm. But why am I finding a need to reach out in the middle of the Mm. afternoon? I need, um, it's a lonely journey. It's it's usually just putting your head down and sticking to that to-do list. And uh, sometimes those to-do lists can be like part one, part two, part. I'll even give myself credit. It's like laundry, it's two-part, two-part process. And three parts folding yeah so i'll put it down one two three mm, i'd so, say so just you know to yeah. give myself motivation <laughs> to make sure that yeah so it's, it's, it's just even breaking it down into really small steps but it's unfortunately it's a very internal internalized process i just want to be honest that i don't see a lot in big life it's like people of color yeah yeah absolutely do i need to be afraid of that or yeah no. i mean there is a joke that were like the white people and the white man, their white food going to white really? stuff. Like yeah. there's a joke that's like white, 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 white. Yeah. No, I mean, I love when I see all kinds of people in vans. Okay. I went to a van meetup where like two Japanese people showed up. Really? In Kalonos. No way. Yes. And they had rented a van, but he had built his own van back in Japan. And I mean, the two Japanese folks are white. Yeah. yeah. I can only imagine. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. craftsmanship was insane. He had all these pictures of them. And his girlfriend's parents were livid that he took her to America to go around because it's so traditional yeah. there. They were from like a small town in like, Japan. Aren't you supposed to be the they were not like they were not yeah. they were not yeah. Tokyo people. They okay. were like town people. Wow. And so I love that. I think that it's slowly changing. Okay. Um, you see a lot of mixed couples. Mm-hmm. You also um there's a girl named Where is Brittany? She's got a, a Scooby. Okay. She's great to follow. I think it's changing the narrative. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm just so glad it's finally changing. Yeah. But I think it's it was slow to change it. Yeah, for sure. One of my goals, like when I started making TikToks, was kind of doing random things. And when I went camping, everybody was like, oh my God, like a, a 
quite frankly, a black person yeah. camping. Like you don't see that often. And being from the country, like that's all I'm used to is just right. you're used to camping. Yeah, I'm used right. to like the sticks. And then, you know, I just want to make a community for people like us to know that like there are other things Absolutely. that we can do. Yeah. Um just hope I can do it. I really appreciate you all. Yeah. And we're gonna do just a quick little yeah. rapid round of questions. It's called not too much. So hopefully what my, I- my my Layla culture is uh <laughs> Uh, is is actually you know it's a bait switch it's yeah, yeah. Really, you gotta have your your shit together get your shit done and i only say that because i'm in the process of trying to do that myself well these yeah. these questions are pretty benign like it's not anything too deep so are you a tiktok or instagram person I'm instagram i am too old for tiktok dude you gotta get into tiktok. <laughs> recipes and building recipes and building building tutorials do you yeah. have to i like to cook mm-hmm. but it's it's a thing for me so. okay I tend to terrible one of the things I'm working on. I mean, I'll do takeout, mm-hmm. junk food junkie over here, and I'll eat half the meal. Yeah. And then I eat the other half the meal. So it dies down the calories and the money. It's two days. So it's two days. Yeah. Or it's like, this is all I'm eating today, where mm-hmm. I'll have like a little side thing I'll put in my pantry yeah. with the dinner part and try and break it down that way. I don't suggest it. Trader Joe's is way cheaper. Meal plan people. I'm a Trader Joe's junk. Yeah, I'll cook, so but it turns into like expensive. Yeah, because I'm making some fancy dish. Yeah, that's like a literal hobby. Yeah. If yeah. you ever do eat meat, I definitely. If you're ever open to it, I make a great steak. Oh, you're into it. So use the green egg. That. No. Oh, just Google YouTube. Don't want to burn it down. Okay. First. <laughs> okay. Cool. Are you a baseline? We just move it outside the trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna do it this weekend. Never know. Um, are you a FaceTime or a phone call person? Phone call. Okay. But I should be FaceTime. Yeah, I should be FaceTime. I like Marco good? Polo that I stopped paying for the app, but I like Marco. What's that? Marco Polo is where you leave messages so your friends can check anytime they want. It's mm-hmm. down below where the message, like, it's basically FaceTime for a message. Nice. So you can like put it in the car and like be talking. Yeah. And then send them a message mm-hmm. or listening to a message from them. Okay. Is FaceTime a Gen Z thing or is it like? Oh, it's yes. just like yeah. yeah i mean yeah. sometimes i i facetime my mom yeah that's yeah. not the only one did you don't see them friend in nashville yeah and okay daughter. yeah love phone call person to myself so um are you uh do you play music or listen to a podcast both but we silly podcasts podcasts okay what i love the fan trips because i'll have yeah. a full day we're like okay the first two three hours i'm gonna phone call nice. and i'm gonna do some playlists mm-hmm. Then I'll get into smart podcast and then I'll leave a trash podcast in the day. Perfect. And it's like divides the the road trip so efficiently. We're yeah. like, oh, 10 hours, that's nothing. That's a balance. Yeah. You get yeah. all the things that you need. In yeah. Place. So on road trips, I get involved. Yeah. What's your, are you um, RB, rock, or pop? Rock. I am not very well versed in music. Okay. Um, I, what do I like in music? I like French music. That's usually what I like. Interesting. Yeah, I like French music, and then I like like kind of. It's not like eating him. No, it's like oh. air. Okay. And, um, oh gosh, I should like Les Enfants. Like the like, it's like kind of like groovy. Okay. Mood. You kind of just like vibe like, to it. Yeah, okay, I would okay. say it's like vibey music. Okay, is the best word to describe, and it's in the French language. They're mostly in the French language, and um, 
a lot of really great French DJs, French bands um, tend to be where I end up. Mm. But um, who I really like? This is how bad. They also like 90s music. Oh, I love 90s music. Yeah. Like Eagle Eye Cherry. Oh, nice. Okay. And not Nickelback. Don't worry. Okay, good. Um, (laughs) I like like Michael Jackson. Okay. I like like all the old school music. I like Diana Ross. Nice. I like Jimmy Buffett. Okay. I like um you like good eclectic the band like Atlantic City. Okay. Okay. But I mean, really, it's more like the fivey. Yeah. Um, not a Swifty. That's where I, I draw the line. Thank. Yeah. No, God. We no. are my two best friends are Swifties. Mm-hmm. Ironically, hardcore. Our kids do it. I like I like I, speak now. The old, because I like country music, so I like okay. the old. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't like country music. Interesting. I like like old school country music. Okay, I'm not really a country music person. Yeah, I like all the like high school music too. Nelly, I like Nelly. Nice. I love. Um. Yeah. So I like like all the like high school music. Okay. That I grew up with. Do you yeah. know the last person you listened to? Like the last artist. That's a good question. So if I were to get in your don't. car today, what would come on as soon as I got in your car? There was a person that sent me a DM about reposting a girl's music. Okay. And I have no opinion of her music. <laughs> okay. That's the girl. That, that's the girl that would be on my thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Valid. No, okay. Gosh. Yeah. I've been more into podcasts lately. Clearly, yeah. my brain acts like I didn't even list a band. I'm, like, I'm a podcast junkie. Like I like. I'm a podcast junkie. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, binge a TV series or watch a movie. Watch YouTube. Mm. I, I need to get back into docs and movies, yeah. but I'm, I'm a documentary junkie. I'm a documentary junkie. Okay, cool. I used to be. Yeah, I don't know if you call me that anymore. But yeah, I'm a YouTube junkie. I love Yes Theory, Johnny Harris. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just got so excited. Yeah, I love. I love Yes Theory. Yeah. Johnny Harris and Yes Theory are my favorites. Yeah. Um, I like Hubert, and of course, I like Dire CEO, which are all based yeah. on podcasts that are YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I watched our CEO last night. I did. Oh, it's great. Man. So good. What so a good. genius, man. He's, He's genius. great. And then, um, yes, I'll see Right. Hitchhiking across the continent of Africa. He's right now? Wild. Yes. He's a crazy. No, no, no. He's not hitchhiking. He's running it. What the That's fuck? That's right. He's an old man. He's, an He's running He's running it. And wow. he has like he has like a follow band. He's like a, like, yeah. Like a staff band or something like that. They're full of his friends. Mm-hmm. But like, the van blew up at one point. Um, they got a really bad wreck. Like it, it's 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 pretty wild. Oh gosh! If you remember, can you let me know? Blank on his awesome. channel. Yes. Yeah. For that, look up like guy running across Africa right now, mm-hmm. and um, he's just some crazy British guy. Nice. He's like a he's like one of those dark. The British are really like into they're they're interesting to watch. I think most of what I watch is are the British because. CEO, oh, but which one? Diary of the CEO. Oh, Diary of the British. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to watch. I'm embarrassed to say this, but it was a lesbian couple. Yeah. Um, what was there? One was from Kentucky, and one was British. Um, oh, funny! I don't know that. Oh my god, they were so good. I don't even know if they still make YouTube videos, but they were really they were very really entertaining. entertaining. Yeah, okay. to watch. Okay, do you like a night in or a night out? Oh, a night in. Okay. Easy peasy. <laughs> and are you like a date? It depends. If, if we're going to like a nice. Dressy, casual, like a hipstery foodie restaurants. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. But my guilty passion, which I'm trying to get off of mm-hmm. next month's going to happen, okay. is like Uber Eats needs to be like a once a month situation. And that's my guilty pleasure. Okay. 
And I love, I, yeah, I, I like just sitting in, watching watch my documentary, playing with my dog. It's my favorite. What a great life, honestly. <laughs> um, a day at the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. A day at the beach or a day in the trees. In trees. Trees. Yeah. Although I, it depends on the beach, but, but I would ultimately say the mountains. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Are you sweets or savory person? Both, but sweets. Sweets? Like candy or like chocolate? Cake. Ooh. Cake and ice cream. Oh, uh, your 20s or your 30s? That's a good question. Uh, my, oh, I think both for different reasons. Okay. I'd say my late 20s were a blast. Mm-hmm. I don't regret them. Um, but my 30s, it's so true. The older you get, the less you care. And it's just true. All the old ladies are right. Yeah. They're awesome. Okay. And lastly, travel by van or travel by plane? That's really tough, too. Totally different mentalities. Um, totally different mentalities. I love planes. Pl- I like planes for places I can't get to in a van. Okay. But I, I like exploring my own backyard. And that was the biggest point of getting the van is to learn about different national parks and national forests. And um, we have a really cool country. Yeah. America is, especially the West, but there's just so many spots that you would uh, you would never get to see otherwise. Um, unless you did travel by car or van. Yeah. So van for the United States. And even biking, guys. You miss, I'm learning in this Kara Nate series with biking that there's things you wouldn't even see in a car yeah. because you're biking. Mm. It's even slower. So yeah. it's, yeah, that was really interesting to discover through their channel right now. We travel all the states in a van. I like that. Cool. Yes, yeah, of course. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me talk your head off. No worries. What do you have coming up in your life? Where can people find you? Yeah. Um, I have a podcast debuting November 30th Club Uncoupling. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. November 30th? On November That's 30th. Yep. Okay. And I'll be listening. Stampede Ventures, wherever you get your podcast, you can subscribe there. Mm-hmm. We'll also Patreon channel. Um, it's very it's a breakup podcast, Master Self Help. Nice. Mas- break up masking at it's really at it's self-help channel um and just that destigmatizing the idea of a breakup and it's okay to part ways and what you take away from those relationships and how to do that gracefully um and we have experts on uh on that channel and then we've got a mini series coming out strike is over i can talk about Yay! it it's called holidays okay uh it's a cute little uh holiday mini series um and that's coming out in january uh on peacock i believe love peacock and um homework produced it so let me see where that's going to end up bearing yeah and yeah mother may i get on apple tv you guys have Um, to watch it it's so good la times and guardian did us a solid yeah it's really great reviews and um it's been really fun to it's really fun reading the reviews that came out a few months ago because so we came out right at the top of the strike. Um, and yeah, I've, I've got a film called Making Waves out right now. Nice. It came out about a month ago and that's about it. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it.